Hello. How are you? Doing good, pretty good, man. Good to see you. You too. You been outdoors? Yeah, I was been on the lake all day yesterday, not catching fish. The mask is on, and I'm walking the dog down to Phil's Coffee in San Francisco. I'm Schmitty, and this is Talking Schmidt. Today on the show is my good friend David Gravett. Dave was raised in a small town of Issaquah, Washington. He got sponsored and later turned pro for Creature Skateboards, but Creature was not actually the first company to offer old Dave a professional career. Me and the owner sit at a separate table where everyone else gets their own table. And then he like, he's like, I got some real special news for you. And um, <clears throat> pulls out this like old poster that's like of me. And it's like pro David Gravett, chronic energy drink. He's like, we want to turn you pro, like pay you $500 a month. And like expecting me to be like super over the top. And like, <laughs> Thank like grateful. I was like, oh man, I'm I'm so sorry, but I actually have to quit. Big thanks to Cole Price out in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who created that opening jingle, Talking Schmidt. We love getting your contributions at talkingschmidt at gmail.com. So keep sending them in. Poems, songs, raps, whatever you got, suggestions, comments whatever you can muster might even hear it on the air like this email we got from dan jones dan writes episode 70 was epic after seeing the documentary about jj and the pain it looked like he was in it really worried me looks like he is doing great now and has turned over a new leaf he could write 20 books of his stories a true legend. The best part was ending with the Grosso quote. Keep up the great work, Dan Jones. Yeah, a lot of people wrote in saying that that Jason Jesse episode was one of their favorite, if not their favorite. So thanks for that. Uh, we also got a lot of good feedback on the Mother's Day episode. So. Yeah, I guess we're doing okay here on Talking Schmidta. But uh, yeah, this next one, we're going to hand the mic over to my buddy up in the Northwest who got married but hasn't had his wedding yet. Still waiting for that invite. 
and so now I'm going to pass the mic to old Mountain Bike Dave. This is David Gravett, and you're listening to Talkin' Schmidt. It's cool, like tonight is the night. Here we go again. Just give it the old cause turn, isn't it? All big dogs in. Schmitty. 96 times, Schmitty. Thanks, Schmitty. We on? Schmitty. Talkin' Schmidt. That's called going to the hospital, bitch. I need shit in my pants. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. I don't give a fuck about your fucking multi-million dollar numbers. Who is this guy thinks he's tough shit? What's up? Let's hear it for Greg Smith. When I was thinking about who my most tech-savvy bros are out there, definitely high on the list was this next guy. David Gravette is with us this week. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, Dave? Not much. I appreciate you considering me for tech-savvy. That's definitely my my niche for sure. Yeah, straight off of Zoom. Yep. Figured that one out. Mostly on my own. Liz never really helped me that much. No? Thanks to you, I now have a Zoom account. <laughs> gaining these accounts that I never thought I'd be part of. Let's start with the early days. Where you were born and raised up in Washington, yeah? Mm-hmm. Little town called Issaquah. Issaquah. Yep. And and uh, is that where you discovered skateboarding? It is. For some reason, that little town was like. I believe we were either number four or five of all of skate parks in Washington. Like we were one of the only five parks in all of Washington, which was crazy because there was so much talent. Like Seattle didn't even have a permanent park when Issaquah got one. Like they only had like a metal drop ramp Uh set up in a parking lot. It was just, it's just still nuts to think about because I don't know how much longer it would have taken me to, start skating if we didn't get that part i mean park yeah we didn't even have a chains you know it was just mom and pop stores and one little front street so what's the population back then i don't really know what it was it couldn't have been that much though because there was only like i mean you could throw a rock across the whole damn town almost it's small yeah but it's now they just started it was in a valley and now they just stuck like so many developments all around the hills so it's it's a big city now i'd say but back so, then so how did it go down you were, were you a kid and you were just like at the park and you saw that there was a skate park or something and that drew you to it it was fourth grade when we got the skate park and that's all the kids in my class pretty much skated and um i just went down to the skate park one day and I didn't really know anything like someone let me borrow their board and I just took it and just dropped in. Like I didn't, that's, I swear it sounds stupid, but I, I mean like, that's really what happened. I didn't <laughs> ride it at all. I just put it on the coping and dropped in and they were like, you can drop in. And I was like, I was expecting myself to be super, I thought it looked super easy and I'd be like, all good. And I was like, what? I'm just going down the ramp. That's not even a trick. <laughs> that just, but yeah. So then I, I got a board and it was awesome. Where'd you get the board at? Like at a big five or something? I believe, no, that's the, the plot thickens a little bit. I almost started skating two years before this when I was eight. I randomly saw skateboarding at the Seattle Science Center at this demo they had. They had a vert ramp set up. Yeah. I saw skating and I was instantly drawn to like any sort of stunts and like 
stuff like that. So I was like, I want a skateboard. I want a skateboard. And I asked for one for one Christmas or my birthday. I can't remember which. And I got it. And they, my parents like got me that big five set up that Nash board or whatever that wow, wheels that yeah. stuck. And never going to forget that. We went down to the, the old library park in Issaquah and I had my skateboard and I was so excited to ride it for the first time. And they had the little wheelchair ramps and I went up to go down one and like my board didn't even roll. Like I literally was standing on it on a downhill slant <laughs> and it like didn't even move hardly. And I was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever <laughs> fucking done. Like skateboarding is whack. And like, yeah, I didn't, didn't think about it. Didn't touch that board again for a couple of years until that, uh, fourth grade like till i everyone was skating and i still never touched that nash though i knew it wasn't going to work like as soon as i decided i want to skate again i asked my parents for like a real i want a skateboard but it's got to be a good one this time uh -huh. like and i believe i don't remember which skate park which we had two skate shops in issaquah too we had oh. ride on and uh extremely bored extremely i ended up riding for extremely bored for years but i think my parents got the skate park the skateboard from ride on or they might have got it from urban circus that was like the original issaquah skate shop i can't believe issaquah had three skate shops like don't even have one. there's not one there now and this happened <laughs> way fucking bigger like <laughs> i don't know you know time. What, what, what year was this um 90s sometime 98 I believe. 98 late 90s uh, do you remember the board? Angel Boy, pal, Angel Boy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was, I really liked. Yeah, my first, I tried to get Angel Boys every time. I was, I mean, I was, I, I thought he was all cool. You know, he's the badass. There's the Angel Boy series where it was like, the, I mean, it's it's kind of cheesy now, but when you look at back then, it was like the same way the world world industries had their Flame Boy that was like yeah. really good and bad, like. <clears throat> I like that Angel Boy guy. I thought he was a badass. He was like peeing on other people's logos and stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> was there magazines up there and stuff and videos? Yeah, definitely. Um, Who were some of the early dudes that you were like hyped on? Hands down, we'll, we'll I'll always have an answer for this when someone asks me what my favorite skater was. I mean, it's got to be Jason Adams. Jason Adams was definitely like. And all of label label kills was my video. That was the one huh. that I watched every single day. Loved the soundtrack. Loved all the creativity and skating because that was. This sounds crazy, and I would never do this now. And I totally recognize like, like I returned fulfill the dream. <laughs> How fucked is that? I think that movie is <laughs> awesome now. But like when I was eleven or twelve, like I thought that kind of skating was so boring, and like yeah. all I wanted to see was like transitions and like create like weird stuff i didn't really like care about like spec like dude i used to yeah i used to really not like ledge skating or like uh -huh. i mean it, yeah i mean you can well, I, I used to pretend i was jason adams at the skate park i'd like be like all right i'm i'd do that with several skaters i had my guys that i'd like pretend who i was gonna be when i was gonna skate like that uh-huh the one I don't know, yeah, it's definitely funny. Like the one that always sticks in my head because I mean I understand like Pat Shinita is fucking awesome, but like I mean, it's crazy that like like I really 
I'd back Pat Shinita like super fucking hard when I was a kid. And I'd always like, whenever I was going to do flip tricks or something, I'd be like, all right, I'm Pat Shinita. Like, dude, he did fucking to, shit like, legit. Very old flip the side of the pyramid today. Like Pat Shinita, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. You've always had like an interesting approach at stuff. You've always, ever since I met you, you've done things like kind of creatively and different. Like, where do you think that came from? I'm definitely, a, I mean, it's what my mom always told me because I'd always be getting like, I don't really know what the word is, but at school and stuff, I just, I, I always did things definitely in my own way. Like I'd never, so I'd always like end up getting myself into little I wasn't gonna like when all the kids decided to kind of pretend to like music because they thought it was cool to like always have their headphones on and like walk when mp3 players just came out like I don't really know where I'm going with this actually I'm kind of doing <laughs> run on like um, you asked me about fucking creative yeah if there's one trait that I admire about myself is I swear I'm only doing me I try not to be influenced about by anything else that's going on around me and just yeah I'm just riding my skateboard and the tricks that come to mind or what come to mind. And Fuck yeah. The day I met you was uh, at this, I forget the name of the park, but it's up there with the full pipe or not full pipe. Well, kind of a full pipe into a cradle. I think it was the day Darren and everyone met you, right yeah. or no? I think you were on that first, cre like the resurrection trip that they did before Creature was even like really it. Now, yeah what was the park called arlington yeah that's the one yeah dude yeah that was yeah. and so do you remember that day of course i mean those are the two things that wouldn't my skateboard career would have never happened if issaquah wouldn't have got a park and if i wouldn't have got sponsored by chronic energy drinks and gone on that <laughs> trip and met you guys at fucking arlington like they had they had like an rv or some shit right yeah, yeah. that was day two of me being sponsored by them like i worked at skate barn west <laughs> and they were on their trip they came to the skate park like just as their team and skylar siljek's mom oh uh, skylar siljek was riding for them so she was like along on the trip and then she told the owner, like, oh, that guy who's working here, like, he's really good. Like, you should sponsor him and stuff. And, like, he came up to me and was like, I hear you're good. Like, what's up? Like, you want to you wanna ride for chronic energy drinks and come on this trip with us? I mean, if he didn't have that RV parked outside and straight up <laughs> offering me a trip right then and there, I would have been like, uh, no thanks. But I was like, hell, nobody else is taking me anywhere. So, yeah, yeah I'll fucking get in and. They had like an atlas. It was it was before Instagram and everything. They had kind of like a map and like a book of maps where skate parks were in there with photos. Yeah. It yeah. was like an analog version of a website almost. That, yeah, I, I remember when, I want to say Bryce Knights might have been involved. It was pretty sick that. like before technology like they yeah. had kind of like a map to skate parks and it was like, we're going to take this uh, highway and these are the parks we're going to hit on the road because they're on the way. And then they had kind of overview photos with each one. And it was like a binder, like a ring little booklet. I remember yeah. that. And they were trying to sell them, I think. Yeah. People would buy them because that's what we had to do back. I, I mean, I remember before, like when my dad would take us on our little, little trips to mostly Oregon. That's where we'd always go. Cause growing up in, in Washington, like Oregon 
was the first place to start getting those dreamland part that style of skate park and it was like nothing anyone had ever seen so we obviously definitely wanted to like get someone to take us up there and or down there and check him out so he would always take us on these little trips so we'd be on the internet trying to look up what these parks look like and yeah get little book map quest photo booklets out to show them where the parks are yeah. yeah did did you know who like al and darren and those guys were before for that day i definitely knew who al and darren were i had actually been trying to communicate with al because al was the it's such a weird one Al was the globe team manager right and i was trying to get on globe at that time and i knew al was the globe team manager I like sent him my sponsoring tape and like an email or something. And like, I never heard back. He swears he never got that or saw that. But um, <laughs> when, when we were there and stuff and uh, I talked to him and told him I sent him my sponsoring tape and I was trying to get on globe and stuff. And he said, I hadn't seen it. I don't know if I told him or if he asked me, but I had my sponsor tape with me due to giving one to the chronic energy drink. <laughs> back then. Yeah. You, you roll like if you were trying to be a skater, I guess you had to like have your fucking DVD. Yeah. And you know, you never know who it's like in the video games. You don't know who you're going to meet. You got to <laughs> hand on your tapes. You can win the big show. <laughs> yeah. But I had the tape with me, so I gave it to Al and uh, we actually went in the chronic RV to watch it and uh, watched it in there. Al was really stoked. He told Darren to come in and watch it. And Darren was like, I'm not going in that fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I was doing that Ollie. That is so, I mean, that Ollie was just like how I was starting my runs or whatever, like into the bowl out of the street course. And uh, Joe Hamicky, I didn't know it was Joe Hamicky. I didn't even know he was actually with you guys, to be honest. <laughs> he asked me if I could do it again, and luckily I didn't respond like a, seen a, you know, not a fucking jukebox or something, you know. I, I was happy to do it again for him to take a photo, and but I never would have guessed that that would have been like my first photo in Thrasher, and I didn't have writing for that. Like that's what was, I was wearing a Santa Fe shirt because I rode for this little board company called Santa Fe. And, oh, okay. And then uh, that photo ended up being in the very first Creature article. And then I got on Creature shortly after that. So it was oh, sick. really Man. weird how that played out. And then yeah. the very first Creature trip I went on, they made me quit Chronic in person <laughs> too. Because we, we went to Arizona and that's where they, Chronic Energy, Energy was from. And uh, the owner lives in Phoenix. So he found out I was there and hit me up. I was like, yo, I'd love to take you guys all out for breakfast. And Darren was like, yeah, we're going to take him up on that free, like we're, let's get the free breakfast for sure. Creature was definitely on the struggle back then. And yeah, uh, but he's like, but you got to quit. And I'm like, man, this is going to be so awkward. I'd hardly quitting companies has never, ever been my thing. It sucks <laughs> really bad. And right. uh, yeah, we made plans to meet him for breakfast. Me and the owner sit at a separate table where everyone else gets their own table. And then he like, he's like, I got some real special news for you. And um, <clears throat> pulls out this like old poster that's like of me. And it's like pro David Gravette, chronic energy drink. He's like, we want to turn you pro, like pay you $500 a month. And like expecting me to be like super over the top. And like, <laughs> thank like grateful. I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm so sorry, but I actually have to quit. <laughs> And he was real, dude, he was really fucking cool about it. And like, asked me why, like, was like, I'm 
sorry, it's just I'm at this point in my like life where I just have to make business decisions basically. And uh, it's not, I can't have creature and chronic, like it's, it's two worlds that just aren't going to mesh. But now it's a total different. Now everyone's got a fucking energy drink sponsor. Yeah. Full circle. Now you're sponsored by CBD or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> from, from chronic to CBD. I mean, at least get sponsored by real weed. Come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Were you smoking weed back then? When I no, I didn't start smoking weed till probably about first creature trip. Yeah. <laughs> first trip with Alex Horn. Look uh, at you. <laughs> all cranny. What Crazy. was what was the first trip? Um, Arizona. Uh, yeah, we, we went just to Arizona and skated some pools. But then uh, really shortly after that, we went to Australia. Cranny was claiming that he was uh, one of the guys that was looking out for you when people would pick on you. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, no, he, he yeah, <laughs> except for when he was the one picking on me. Hey, let me use your phone. Let me use your phone. <laughs> and then I'm like, yo, Cranny, you actually ran me up a $300. Yeah, that was the first Europe trip I went on with them back before anyone like your phone wasn't going to work out of, in, out of the country unless you did something to it. Like no one had iPhones and shit. It was all still the old bricks. And my mom really, I was like 17 or 18 and my mom really wanted me to have a phone. So she paid for me to, the plan to like work internationally. So I ended up being the only one out there with a working phone. So of course it was just getting pillaged, especially by Alex Horn because he was having some lady problems, I think, and uh -huh. like, doing the whole, like, she called, didn't answer. He's going to call over and over again. <laughs> he doesn't get it every time. He get, he, like, he'd give it back and be like, she didn't pick up. It's all good. Like, never, like, charged you. But it would charge every time he was, like, calling. So, it, like, it was three bucks or something. So, by the end of it, he literally ranked me up, like, an over $300 phone bill. And then he gave me a check. Damn. For, like he wrote me a check, but then when I tried to cash the check, it bounced. <laughs> oh my God. Right. Yeah. And then Darren's credit card stopped working on the trip. The, the creature card stopped working. He's like, hey, kid, give me $300. And never saw that either. Damn. But kids these days don't have the, you can't get bullied the way it used to go down. Right. They're just less not as stupid as me i don't know what was the keys to you turning pro like from being am to getting a, your first board like what do you think like you weren't really you didn't do contests right i mean not really at that time yeah at that time you were kind of either yeah it's weird. if you rode for energy drinks or did the contest you were kind of taking that side of skateboarding and you weren't going to get any real sponsors and shit i mean you could dabble in some of the content like tampons yeah. and stuff like that but yeah there's a handful of legit ones apparently the europe circuit we do the europe circuit for sure um but that's just so you can travel europe <laughs> that was a hell of a trip man I'm, I'm really glad i got to do one of those before shit got different yeah was was that one of the ones where you like take the uh train around well like the Prague check and like yeah the munster and fucking Copenhagen, Amsterdam, am just do that that whole thing and travel with the spot dude. Let's like oh yeah, and shit and real good tour guide to how to do that shit right. Yeah, oh shit. So what was it like? Was it video uh, parts well, and and coverage yeah. in magazine or? And now, like definitely the transwell part was the 
the one, but I mean, I had a, I had a good amount of video parts, like a couple thrasher interviews. So it what was, was the trans world video, which one? And now. Oh, and now. Yeah. Okay. And then you went pro after that came out or kind of as that came out. Yeah. Like right when that came out, was it a surprise? No, and that's another thing, like, that was another thing that was super different. Like, back then when you turned pro, it was way different than it is now. Like, back then it took longer to go right. pro, and but it wasn't, since it wasn't social media, the companies didn't, like, want to use it as, like, a thing that they can promote. Like, uh -huh. school going pro, we're going to do this whole big thing. Like, it was just kind of like, you get your, it was a thing, it was, it was a thing, but it was different. It wasn't like you'd have a huge secret party you knew about it at least i did i knew it was happening they sent uh, me my boards out i missed my little party actually because <laughs> go down i was on a creature trip i was leaving the night i went pro like the news that came out i was leaving the next day to join a vox trip and we sent my boards and like a, a half ounce of weed and like a bottle of jack daniels like in the box like to the vox trip yeah but I got dropped off at the Denver airport an hour before my flight, and that was the first flight I ever missed oh, in my career. <laughs> Nothing to do with me. That airport's just so big that it took was like two miles to my fucking gate. And <laughs> the time I got there, it was fifty. It, like I saw the door close, man. It was so bad, and they'd all just hit the road back to fucking Portland or to Santa Cruz. Oh. Like they dropped, and no one was answering their phones. And I knew they were just getting further and further away. I'd lost my wallet a couple of oh, days before. Man. And I'd taken out, I cashed my whole per diem check. And so I had like over a thousand dollars in my bag that had just gone on the plane away. So I was stuck at the airport, no wallet, fucking everyone's gone and going further away. And oh uh, yeah, that was my pro pro party. <laughs> but a couple of years ago, Lee threw me a super late pro party because I was giving <laughs> shit for like how everyone gets pro parties now. And I'm like, Where? I never got fucking shit, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what do you want to do? <laughs> Let's go deep sea fishing. So, No way. Did you? Yeah. And that was, that was in like cool. Santa Cruz or Monterey or something? Yeah, yeah. We only <laughs> caught mackerel though. Uh, lots and lots of or sardines, I think. One of those big fish. Were you there for when Jimmy went pro? I wasn't. I was. Didn't they do something similar? They took him on a boat, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Whatever happened to Devin Apello? He's killing it. He's fucking. He's done everything, man. Like, <laughs> I don't even. That dude should have a fucking Netflix show, but yeah, a lot of it wouldn't be able. It would be too much for TV. <laughs> What's he doing now? Um, he lives in like Redlands and uh, owns. Nice house, several houses, I think. Motorcycle shop, fucking, he's doing good. He's over skating though, right? Uh, I mean, I think he still skates. Like, yeah, he hasn't been like trying to do that as a profession for a while. Like, huh. He he did it about just about everything else. In he he got that Transworld cover and then fucking retired. I mean, yeah, I feel a little like I can't tell his complete story, like really, but like he was killing it, and then he did DMT and kind of like changed oh. for a bit and uh he lost a bit of his happy-go-lucky oh shit and uh kind of let the door close on skateboarding a little bit but then like got over like that and became like his old self again and stuff and was 
killing it, doing all sorts of random stuff, fucking making fucking sex machines out of ceiling fucking fans and fucking <laughs> Holy all shit. All sorts of stuff, man. Okay. <laughs> Need to fucking leak over that, dude. You should get him on here, man. Because <laughs> I don't know what's allowed to be talked about and what's not. If you, okay. If you tell you some of his real stories, man. Cause yeah. Insane. What percent of your career would you say has been uninjured? I'm willing to bet that it's less than just about anyone that I know of personally, for sure. Like, I don't know what the, what the deal is with that. It's just always something I've been drawn to. I mean, everyone says it's part of getting old, but it was, I was doing it like from as long as even before skateboarding, like I've just always been accident prone. It's just <laughs> Fuck. Something I've had to fucking. How many surgeries you had? Uh, I think we're up to like 12 now. Fuck. Not to mention all the ones that need to happen that haven't happened yet. Yeah. What What's the gnarliest one? Is the shoulder one up there with the... Yeah. I mean, that, the hips and shoulders are definitely my two things that are battling each other for who's more fucked up. But, I mean, isn't um, the recovery on a shoulder one one of the tougher ones just because, like, you have to, like, be in this position that it's impossible to sleep and just... It's kind of a, a weaker one to repair. That's what I've always heard. I never had a shoulder surgery, but... Well, I thought you... Didn't you have... What did you... I kind of chickened out. <laughs> I partially tore a ligament, and then the doctor was like, well, you know, you're kind of old. Like, do you really need to, like... And I was like, fuck. I just kept hearing horror stories. I think between you and Duffel, I was just like, fuck, I don't really want to have one. Yeah, I think the problem is they're so far behind in shoulders and hips compared to like knees and elbows mm -hmm. and stuff. Like, cause I mean, the, the amount of times that the fucking doctors have told me if you would have just torn your ACL, like, and everyone thinks that's like the end all injury, like the worst. And I'm not, it's, I'm not fucking sugarcoating that one by any means. It's yeah. Horrible, but like, I don't know why the surgeons always tell me that, but they're always telling me that. If only, like, just if you only would have hurt your knee, like, then we'd fucking know how to do this. And huh. um, I mean, the the right shoulder surgery was by far my the worst. But I think I had a horrible anesthesiologist on that or something, because like when they put me out, it burned worse than like one of the worst fucking pains ever. And I'm usually a champ going out, like. I'm always like prep talking the fucking doctors and surgeons in the room. Like, I'm, I'm like, come on guys. Like, like and I'm getting high from my shit as I'm going out. So I'm just like in good spirits, just being like, I love you guys. Like, just like, please like my body. I always tell them my body is like everything to me. And like, please like give this one your all and shit, you know, <laughs> like, prep, yeah. prep talk them and then go out. But this time they started giving me my shit. And it was just burning my vein like crazy. And I was screaming, I was like, like screaming, like, dude, it's burning. And the guy was just like, go to sleep, go to sleep. And I'm just like sucking on my mask, trying to black out. Like, and that's how I went out for that surgery. And I woke oh. up. I'm usually a champ waking up as well. Like, I'm not usually nauseous. Like, I'm usually no, it's, I actually wake up too early, usually. And they're oh, like, fuck. go back to sleep. Like, you're fucked still. And I'm like, no, I'm here. And, uh, this time I woke up just so much pain. As soon as I opened my eyes, I was just like, oh, my God, my arm is going to 
fucking blow up. Like, oh man. And I paid for that thing they called the game ready. Have you heard of that? It's no. Like, it's like a shoulder immobilizer made out of an ice pack, basically. And you pay an extra hundred dollars to wake up with one of these, and they claim they're fucking great. But they're, I thought it was horrible. It was not cold enough at all, and I felt like the throttle, like, I felt like the swelling was so intense that it was going to, like, blow my shoulder out. Oh, fuck. And I was just like, get this the fuck off of me. Bring me an ice pack, like, immediately. And, uh, like, I was, I was throwing up, and, like, it was, I couldn't leave the hospital for hours. And I was just like, if you guys would just let me smoke a joint, I'd, I'd be a good. Oh, my God. Here, but. Is being injured when you discovered your alter ego, Mountain Bike Dave? That was one of the only alter egos that wasn't, that was the original alter ego. And it was actually, the name was there long before I was even like biker dude as I am now. Like <laughs> that was, that started just because of Copenhagen Pro when we all went out there on one of the years, um, you, everyone rents bikes. And when we went to the bike store to rent our bikes, they were all out of road bikes for, after me. I was the last, I got my last, it was a creature trip. So I got my last dibs <laughs> and uh, they all they had was a mountain bike, which was perfect. And I rented that. So I was just kind of rallying this old beat up mountain bike all around Copenhagen. And I believe might be Al Parton and his credit for the first person to call me mountain bike, Dave. I don't know. I think that's kind of the first person I can remember doing it like Copenhagen always is for me. It's way too much of a fucking party. And I never, the skate park's insane. Like everyone's going crazy in there. I just never get in there to practice. And I, on, I, I can't say I've ever really competed at Copenhagen pro, even though actually I've been to the contest a bunch of times, but I'm all, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I and that year I realized that I wasn't going to, the contest was about to start, like my runs were about to be up and I literally hadn't skated the course like once yet and had already been part. There's just too many boys out there partying and back then I didn't need to skate contests for my career in any way. So it was just like, yeah, we're off just partying. And so I secretly, I didn't tell anyone off besides the bartender because they had a bar in the skate park, like not just inside the skate park, but in the fucking park, like, literally like you drop in and skate up to the bar. Uh -huh. So I told the lady at the bar that I'm like, Hey, I'm about to go. I'm going to do my run on this bike. I'm going to bike up to the bar during my run, have a vodka tonic ready for me. And like <laughs> when I, my run came, I just dropped in on the bike and like, rode around the course, rode up to the bar, got my vodka tonic, like drank it, like, road bike style like took a couple of quick drinks and threw it in my face and like pulled <laughs> off and like and what's fucked is i didn't lose the contest i got third from last whoa yeah you could like who could have who i beat who? Me. <laughs> that's all i can, can remember but like yeah not wow. one skateboard trick in there but Fuck. i did a little bit of a tabletop over the hip on the mountain bike <laughs> All right, we're going to take a little break and hear from some of our friends, and we'll be right back. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. 
You got this. Adidas. And now for another First Impressions with Timothy Donald McKenney. First Impressions of Mr. Gravette, his shittiest skateboard on the planet, or at least in uh, the U.S. And, uh, and locally. And I mean, dude, he makes it so funny. He goes to these parks, it looks like it's just straight gravel beds with vertical quarter pipes that are like four feet tall. And he's just straight ripping them up. He's doing... He's doing K grinds into the street over parking block and then double flips off the double kick flips off the curb. Uh, he's doing his little uh, Casper spin around 540s to fakie and just having a blast. He makes skateboarding look, look fun every time he does it. Uh, that includes at the contest. He's ripping the contest, but he looks like he doesn't give a shit. I used to love watching guys that didn't give a shit and rip a contest up. He reminds me of back in the day, those kind of guys. Another thing, we're in the city yesterday. We go to the federal building. We park across the street at the old library. All of a sudden, I hear, McKenny, Tim. I'm going, there's no way these guys are calling my name from across the street with my back turned to them. I turn around, and it's the Atlas, dude. Shout out to you guys, dude. You guys made my fucking day. I'm sorry I, I get anxiety and freak out like that. That's just McKenny. But I had to cross the street and tell you guys I love you, dude. You guys uh, brightened my day yesterday. It was, uh, Ryan, get that nollie backside 180 Healy. I saw that, blood. You got it. I, homeboy, heel flip burial. Get that shit. Uh, Mike, tray flip on the dial. I saw it. You don't think I saw it, kids? All love. I got a, a phone call here. Yo, Grabs. Cranny here. What? You, babe. Uh, quick question. If I got to throw it out there. What, is there any standout moments on our trip across country and back? When we were with Hammocky and Stu Graham, Texas, Silent Mike. Oh, my God. Fucking goon out. Cannon was there. Uh, anything stand out? Dude, I mean. One moment in time. Love you. Tons of stuff. I mean, which, I mean, we did that move. That was when I, or no, I had my 19th birthday on that one. Was that one I beer bonged the 19 beers? Was that that trip? I think it was. Okay. Damn, Cranny. Um, I mean, there was, I think, I believe there was standout moments every single day of those. We had a blast on those trips of just, we didn't have anything else to do besides have a good time and maybe get a couple clips like here and there. Like no one was stressing on internet videos or like whatever. It was just about good times. Um, trying to think of what. What would you say about Stu Graham traveling with Stu? Like a lot of people don't know how fucking that guy operates. Um, keep him away from vodka Red Bulls and you're fucking <laughs> in for the best time of your life. Okay. If you have a bear suit, then give him the vodka Red Bulls. <laughs> oh, shit. Stu's amazing. We had, I loved fucking talking, talking Scottish shit with him because I was, my mom's British, so I was uh. half my, or a month out of my childhood. Every year for till I was fourteen over in England, and I was always obsessed with medieval times, especially Scotland. Like Scotland was, so I played the bagpipes and like yeah, I had to kill Sporo and whole nine yards. I wanted to be Scottish, so was, uh -huh. I'd always chit chat with him about that shit. He'd show me some good, some good pipes and drums. Fuck. Get really stoned. I remember that was one of the. I used to get really stoned when I first started smoking weed, and one of those first trips I remember like 
smoking, being stoned in the van and like listening to some pipes and drums and like looking at Stu and being like, dude, this is a Scott. Like he would straight up, if he was in the right times, this would be the man charging over the hill in front of everyone. Yeah, Braveheart style. Ready to fucking die. Like this is this is who he is. I'm oh, fine sitting next to him in a van. <laughs> the real William Wallace, dude. And when he gets fucking cranked up, it's hard to understand anything he's saying. He gets the thickish accent where he's like, oh, and you're like, whoa, dude. I'm I'm actually not too I'm better with like because of like all my relatives from that area like i can understand like that kind of accent better mm. than others i'm i feel like i'm terrible at understanding people sometimes like mm. i hate it i wish i could communicate better let's talk about the uh time that you i think al partnan and preston my went to wyoming i think there was a beer company oh. I know where this is going. <laughs> I think it was a beer company in North Dakota or Wyoming or somewhere up there. Um, Whitefish. Whitefish, Montana? Whitefish, Montana. Okay. I haven't heard about them in a while, but yeah, no, that's a good one, dude. I don't dude. think I've talked about this in anything yet. Yeah. Me and, me and Al were like kind of riding for him. It was always a confusing deal. You didn't really understand what was going on, but they were like, we want to sponsor some skateboarders and like had a, some pretty high talk of what was going to be happening. And then we, they flew me, Al and P stone out to the brewery to like, they wanted to like film a video and have us compete in this uh, talent show for the chance to win like a year supply of beer. But they pretty much already told us that we were going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, I don't know. They told us, I remember being promised a year's supply of beer, like after going out there and I didn't even know we were competing. I didn't even know that was the prize to the talent show. Yeah. But, um, so we, I mean, as soon as we got there, like we got there right in the morning the dudes like had 12 packs in the car for us. And we just like, were drinking straight, like went to the brewery, drinking, 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 way too much drinking the owner one of the owner i think he was like the main owner wanted to go to this poker game that was a hundred dollar buy-in at this bar and nobody wanted to go really and he was like come on gravet like i'll buy you in like come with me everyone else was going to go party somewhere else and i don't know where they decided to go but i agreed to go with the owner so we went to this bar and he was buying all my drinks so i hadn't even gone up to the bar and like bought anything we go to the table buys me in my first hand is amazing like i don't i don't remember what i had but it was like i thought i was unbeatable <laughs> and i this dude kept betting more and i kept having to bet more and i find myself all in on first hand end up losing so now i'm just fucking sitting next to the dude for like hours i don't know i don't know how long it was i was already pretty fucking drunk and uh i ended up falling asleep and this motherfucker just left me and the next thing i know i wake up like i'm being i wake up and i'm being drugged out of the fucking place by like two good old boys and it's snowing <laughs> this is montana in the winter like in the winter snow, right yeah everywhere 
and they fucking drug me out. The fucking bartender is yelling at me, you fucking bum, you fucking bum, you come in here and steal drinks. Like they were accusing me of stealing because the dude just fucking left me. And uh, oh, the fucking dude like gives me one fucking punch as he's like tossing me into the snow. <laughs> fucking leaves me out there. I don't even know where we're staying. <laughs> and like no one is answering their phone. I can't, I had been to the place once. We did go there earlier that day, but I didn't get the name. I didn't have a card. It was like a fucking condo. It wasn't really like a hotel name or anything. It was weird. Uh-huh. And uh, I hailed a taxi and was like, told him my story and like tried to describe the fucking place. And he was like, I think I know where you're staying. And he like took me there and it was the place, but no one was there. No one was answering their phones still. I knew they were all out partying somewhere. I was so fucking mad at the dude <laughs> for fucking leaving me. Dude, I've, I, gra- I threw the plasma TV on the fucking ground. Oh. I fucking trashed the fucking place. There was all this Black Star fucking, mem- like, they had, like, this big pyramid of, like, beers and, like, shirts and stuff. I fucking took all the shirts out on the balcony and lit them on fire. Oh. And then fire got, like, started getting a little out of control. <laughs> I was... I was a little wilder when I was fucking 22, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the fire started getting a little, the carpet started catching and like it was getting bigger. So I fucking grabbed, I ran into the house and grabbed all like the 32 bottles of beer they had. And I was just smashing them into the fire, oh. breaking them. And uh, yeah, I fucked that place up. And, uh, I mean, they can, I, I wasn't going to hear anything from the, the next day. Like when I saw that, I was like, playing on seeing the owner and being like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I go, like, you knew I didn't want to be there. You know I don't know anyone. Why the fuck would you think that you could just leave me and shit? And, like, he, like, greeted me like nothing had happened at all. And so I was like, oh, man, like, last night was crazy, huh? And I'm like, dude, fuck you. Where uh, you like- either Al or P-Stone maybe stayed, like, an extra few days or something. Like, they loved it. P-Stone was definitely in his natural environment. That's for sure. I think yeah. he had were fucking toast after. <laughs> P-Stone might have stayed. I don't know. I, I don't remember. And then I, we got was... the fucking year. So, uh, the year supply of beer was insane. Like I had, but it was all about to, it was all like expired or about to expire in a week. <laughs> well, was it good beer? It was all right. It was, it was not too bad. I mean, I like the stuff that came in the bottles. I've never actually been the biggest fan of, any canned beer i'll drink anything out of a bottle like Mm. a can and if it is a can i mean you definitely like to have like yeah like pbr and rainier and stuff like that tastes better out of like i'd rather have that in a can than a corona like corona in a can that's almost worse than the fucking virus we're dealing with right now (laughs) all right we gotta go into fucking king of the road world there's been a lot of fucking craziness for you in that um how many have you been in Four. Four different years? Mm-hmm. So were you in it before it was on Vice once? Oh, yeah. no, all three were before Vice, except for I've only done one with Vice. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, okay. So was the one with Vice you were a guest or you were on it? No, that was Creature. I was on it with Creature. Okay. Was with Birdhouse. So, so you've swam with sharks. You've fucking got the crazy tattoos you've done the fucked up hair you did the butt jug like what's the gnarliest out of all that stuff to to ever look back on let's just straighten one thing out first that that butt chug i mean that butt chug was 
a beer bidet. That was a bit of a fake. I knew it's not like they're going to show my actual butthole insertion on TV, like or like even look at it that close either. There's no, there's no need to actually <laughs> put it in there. Jaws. <laughs> I mean, I, I, unless you really want to know what it's like to butt chug a beer. Oh my god! I think I could imagine. I don't know. <laughs> Swimming with the sharks was pretty terrifying for you. Yeah definitely getting the tattoo on the back of your head was probably more terrifying or the or less well not i mean i didn't know it was gonna i had no problems with that at all until it <laughs> turned out it was king of the dawn like yeah so <laughs> fuck which i mean it just kind of was felt like it was enough after the fucking tr- proposal tr- like after it turned out the butt chug was a fucking trick and like uh-huh my wife and shit like I figured it was like a nut, like I'd done taking a pretty severe trip down humiliation highway on that fucking season. Like, yeah, I don't, I get, I mean, that was all the same year, right? Um, yeah, the, those, it was swimming with sharks the proposal and the tattoo was all the same. Yeah. Well, the original, like, I, I mean, I, the Whoa. first year I ever did King of the Road in 2009, the eyebrows, did the eyebrows so the the one on the back of the head yeah it was just who lit your hair on fire jerry or jake 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 jerry took the photo yeah okay yeah i remember i was there that was at vegas at the uh at the end of the line yeah that was fucking awesome dude (laughs) i stayed um an extra like five days and flew my chick out and the maloofs just like comped me a suite for fucking that time and i like had like $5,000 $5,000 in cash from like stuff from King of the Road. And I was just like <laughs> living it up. And do you gamble at all? I've never been a huge, I mean, I was gambling, but it's never been like a thing I'm like, yeah, about too much. But see, the Maloof days were amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gambling was fun then because like it's like free money, kind of plenty of money. And then I just got this money from King of the Road. So it was. I'd go down there and fucking put a hundred on black. Usually every time I walked by the roulette thing and I kept winning and I was also getting to experience. I never, that was right when I got my eyebrows shaved and tattooed for the first time. And from the Jake lighting my hair on fire, it just kind of like left me with this pretty like hard looking look. (laughs) I'd never been somebody to intimidate anyone or like usually whenever I'd try to like, stand up to anyone it would just like lead to my demise like nobody took me seriously like a lot of the time and uh-huh. one of the nights i was like up in the room with liz and i was like i'm gonna go down and smoke a joint and i like i said i was go by the roulette table and fucking put 100 on black and i stopped by the table and uh these two like jock frat boy type fucking we're in vegas fuck yeah dudes were there and like the the what do you call a roulette dealer fucking um a roulette fucking spinner lady yeah um, i don't know some they were giving her a hard time and like kept being like when do you get off sugar and like you know like fucking i mean she was just kind of being the whole like do her job polite act like for a while and then they started like crossing the line too much and stuff and she's like can you guys please not talk to me like that and stuff and like and then they like kept fucking talking about her like giving her shit and then she's like said something about her husband and then they're like oh husband i don't see a ring like where's your ring and stuff and like 
And then she's like, listen, you want to know the truth? They don't let us wear our wedding rings when we work here. That's the truth. And you guys really need to go like go and stuff. And then I st- like, I could see her hitting the fucking security button as well. And like, but they weren't there like immediately and shit. And then I like stepped in and was like, yo, you got like, she's 100% the right. You guys need to go right now and stuff. And I, I literally watched them like turn to me about to like, just be like, fuck you, the fuck are you? And then watch their eyes meet my fucking tattoo. <laughs> And like, just second guess the shit out of themselves. And we're just like, uh, like, I'm like, no, go, like, go right now and stuff. And like, yes. made them leave. And then she was just like, oh, thank you so much and stuff. And like, gave me like $50 and fucking chips too. And then when the security came over, oh, she even, like, she, t- when the security came, she like told them, like, oh, yeah, this guy, like, stepped in, like, I gave him $50 and chips and stuff, like, just to let you guys know. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, damn, these these things work good, but it doesn't work like that anymore. Like, because every time I went on King of the Road, I have to shave my eyebrows because they figure out some way to make me do it. Now I feel like it just would get me into tr- trouble. Like, and like, been the first time never in my life had more attention from women. Like, so many girls would just constantly come up to me, like, oh my God, are those tattoos? And then, like, once they hear the story, then they're like even more stoked. And yeah, now I'm just like, people act scared of me and like Vato's try to test me or something. I don't know. Like, Oh shit. It's kind of different being a older. Did, did you get um, more notoriety? Like after the vice thing, like it being on TV, would you like notice more people would approach you and knew who you were? Oh yeah, definitely. It was kind of a weird time. Cause I just right after that came, I got hurt for fucking like two years straight. And like mm-hmm. start going out of business, like got a couple of pay cuts, and then it was like kind of a weird feeling. It's like, dude, I've never been more everywhere I go, people are like, I've never been more famous yet. Like, I can't get like a shoes, I can't get a sponsor to, I can't get a shoe sponsor or yeah, weird more money. <laughs> so, how did the uh, proposal thing go down? Was that preconceived, or did it come about during the trip? Like, did you? Th- think you were going to do something on this before the thing started or did how did how did that go down um no not really i mean you know me and like me and liz have been we're i mean it was pretty obvious we're probably we were pretty much married before yeah this or whatever and i've kind of been on this like the only reason we kind of hadn't at this point is because i've always been on the side of don't really need a ring or like a title to like make it official or whatever and it doesn't really matter to me but yeah i kind of just thought of it like that that night to be honest like because i didn't want to do the butt like i didn't want to do the butt chug at all like that was never a thing <laughs> but i was always telling everyone like dude because that's what's so fucked like it wasn't like i'm like it's i it, people are like how could you be tricked into this like how is this possible but it makes total sense like it's literally like, cause we were at the hotel for two days before King of the Road started doing like pre shot stuff. All the teams were uh-huh. so we were all just hanging out at this hotel for two days, talking, shooting the shit. Pretty much every conversation would like have somebody talking about butt chug. Everyone was sure the butt chug was going to be in it. And they'd be like, dude, are you going to do it? Who's going to do it on your team and stuff like and everyone, like a lot of other people would be like coming to me, like, you're going to do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I was thinking about it 
And like I've said before, like I never read the book on any of the King of the Roads I've been on really. It stresses me out. I'd rather just like know what I have to do at the time when it uh -huh. comes. No need fucking stressing on it the whole time. Like, so I wasn't really looking at it and everyone kept talking about the butt chug like the whole trip and trying to get me to do it. And I kept saying like, listen, like I will do it, but I'm not going to sign up for it. I'll do it if it's my, like, I think we should all draw straws or something. Like if there's a fair reasoning why I have to be the one to do it, because we definitely need to do it. We can't leave any points on the table. Uh -huh. And it just kept getting further and further to like closer to the end and no one had done it when that night at Washington street, when Chris Russell was going to skate naked, what I've learned from my King of the roads, like it's all about at the end of the day. I mean, like they're, they're making a, a show and an art, like people want, people want entertainment and good photos and stuff. And it's all about like stack, like they love the stacking, the challenges and stuff. And like, doing something slightly different when the challenge is I'm like, dude, if he's skating, if I'm butt chugging while he's skating naked, like that's going to be, that's going to be too good to pass up. Like, <laughs> someone's got to do it. And like, no one would fucking do it. And I was like, Oh my God, like no one's going to do this. I'm going to have to do it. I've already done all this shit. Like what's Liz going to think about me? And it just like, I was like, fuck it. Maybe I'll just marry her after it. <laughs> so you so you did the butt chug, then you proposed to the camera, and then when it came out, you and Liz were hanging out to watch the episode together, right? Yeah, well, that turned out to be a total fucking shit show because, like, after I did the initial proposal, there's eight months before that episode's going to air. <laughs> so I had to, like... Keep it on the low. Keep it on the low and then also try to figure out but it seemed pretty simple, like, to – all I had to do is make sure I knew – like, I just had to be around her when the episode was going to air. And I was like, I'll just make up – like, it'll be pretty easy to make up an excuse. Like, hey, you want to, like, get a nice hotel room to, like, watch this episode, you know? Mm -hmm. But then, of course, with my luck, turned out that um, her friend got engaged to and she was having a fucking – bachelorette party in vegas for the time scheduled that my proposal video aired. <laughs> i didn't know that so then i was like oh my god how the fuck am i gonna I'm trying to it, it was even more complicated because i couldn't explain why i needed to know so much about like why i was so like what are you doing on these dates and stuff like <laughs> yeah the only thing i could think of is working with vice again and telling Liz that Vice was doing a follow-up episode, like there was going to be one more episode after King of the Road is done of like checking up on the guys and like interviews with everyone and stuff. And I was like, and they want to do one with you, with the girl, like, oh, I said they were like interviewing everyone's girlfriends, like because so much people did like embarrassing stuff or whatever, and they wanted to get the girlfriend's reactions. Oh, that's a good idea. And, uh, so I like, made her some excuse why she had to like stay back from the bachelorette party for like an extra day like day and then vice had a couple of their dudes come out and film it where was it at your house no we got like a nice hotel down fucking downtown In Portland? fucking hot tub on the balcony and shit 
How did it unfold? Like she's watching it. Did she have any idea? I don't think so. I mean, I think she was always, I think she was pretty much under the impression that I was like anti-marriage. Huh. So you guys are just watching the episode and you got a camera, a couple camera dudes or whatever from Vice there. And then it comes on and do you have a ring with you in the room too or something or? Yeah, I had the ring and then I had, um, got my Scully necklace fucking, that was like the main ring thing to me. It's like, I'm not going to go spend a shitload of money on a ring that is like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense, but getting the Scully remade with, I got our dogs puppy teeth fucking put in it with like diamond mm. eyes and shit. And it's nice, way nicer than more special than some five carat bullshit. Yeah. I had to get the ring too, but right. the rings, yeah, that's a weird one. I had such a meltdown the first time I went into a jewelry shop and like for engagement rings, like the lady was so fucking whack. Like she was just like covered in jewelry, some for a fucking housewife and uh, was just like trying to show me like thousand dollar rings. And I'm just like, well, can I still use it? And so I'm just like, you need like, th she's going to wear this for the rest of her life. This is a symbol of your love. Like you need to like buy a $5,000 ring. And I'm like, you don't know me. And I like freaked out and was like, you don't know me. You don't know her. Like, I don't have to get her. So I went to Fred Meyer and the lady at Fred Meyer was actually real nice. Oh, cool. I ended up not getting, the ring is still not technically an engagement ring, but I, don't, I really don't understand why the fuck that like, it's a ring. I like the necklace idea too. That's pretty sick with the dog uh, teeth and whatnot. Yeah, that was actually really, I thought it wasn't going to be that hard, but when I first started trying to, uh, find a jeweler, jeweler. That's a fucking weird word to say. A jeweler, a jeweler, a jeweler. Oh, jeweler. I was <laughs> a jeweler. Uh, I'd be telling them what was up, and they'd be like, "Oh, this is gonna like cost a lot of money and take months." And they were just like, "I don't know, not really buying into that. I, like, just wasn't right." And then my mom found some lady who just kind of like does it out of a shop like and uh she was really cool and into the into it and wanted to like get it done and when she told me like the price she's like i could probably do it with, like 250 and like i was like that i was like <laughs> i think i said thousand or something or something like that because i've been hearing such high numbers the whole time and she's like no like just 250 bucks. I'm like, oh man, like that's amazing. Wow. Do this. And yeah, it turned out nice. And like I said, I had the, and it was crazy because she didn't even know I had the puppy teeth because somehow I kept finding her puppy teeth without her knowing. And I had like seven of them. And that's super rare. Like all my dogs that we'd have growing up, like I think we found like one puppy. Like it was so hard to find a puppy tooth. Like they'd lose them all over the place. You never. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's super cool. Damn. How's your mom been with all these shenanigans? She's good. I mean, they're... Like, out of all of them, which one has she kind of been closest oh, to melting? Coronavirus. Oh, with all my shit. No, she's yeah. totally about it. Huh? She's, totally, she's, she's totally about my shenanigans. Oh, yeah? She doesn't freak out, like, on any of it? No. The funny one is, like, when I got my eyebrows tattooed the first time, I was... I guess I was like 23, 24, or 22, 
Sheldon, fuck it. Um, uh-huh. I called her and was like, Mom, I t- explained to her what the challenge was in the book about getting a Thrasher face tattoo. And I was like, the most points you can get in the book. And I'm like, I think I'm going to like shave my eyebrows and get them under my eyebrows. Like, I don't think you'll be able to see them like too much or whatever. And she's like, oh, that that's brilliant. Like, you're so clever, David. <laughs> Damn, okay. What about the, uh, did the in-laws see any of your proposal stuff? Oh, they've seen it. (laughs) Was that embarrassing? What was that like? No, they're down. They're, they're, they're cool too. Like I wanted to, after I did, that was another thing that I made sure after I did the proposal, I was like, I got eight months to like talk to her parents as well (laughs) and like ask for their permission, whatever. We're trying to be old school and, uh, Um, hey, it's kind of too late, but can I get your permission? <laughs> pretty much. And, uh, yeah, I went down there for, like, a Christmas. And it's insane how hard it was to try to get, to- like, you know, Liz. I don't know if you know her good enough to know that she's fucking detective number one. Fucking oh. extremely hard to fucking keep anything from. Dude, yeah, it's pain in the ass a lot of the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, trying to get that necklace. That's one thing I forgot to mention. Trying to get that done and all the stuff I was doing behind the scene, trying to get the engagement ring too. Mm Because it was during that time where I was hurt for two years. And so she knew I wasn't going skating. If I'd, I usually use walking the dog as an excuse. So we have a GPS tracker on our dog. (laughs) And every now and then she's always like checking in to see where the dog is (laughs) in the future. And like, I'm like, Fuck. you can see that I fucking take the dog to a fucking jeweler and yeah, whatever. She knows where I am right now all the time. So there's definitely detective number one. And but the, her parents were. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I managed to get a little bit of time to talk. I'm like, listen, like, it's not whatever. pretty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I got to tell you something. But yeah, they, they took it real cool. And uh, we're, I remember her mom just saying like, Finally, like it took you so long and stuff, but like Rad. in a good way. And yeah, they they always seem to be down with my shenanigans as well. That's rad. That's cool. Liz is from San Mateo, like city or two over from where I grew up. So it's always been uh, interesting that like you met so far apart, and then that just brought you down to our neck of the woods more often, which was awesome. Yeah, dude, I just found out that. Is Tom Brady the one that's from San Mateo, too? Yeah. <laughs> he went to Sarah High School. It's insane. San Mateo's got clout. Yeah. How's the married life been? It's been good. We're at two years now. and We've both forgotten nice. our anniversaries each time. <laughs> but we're good. We're still planning our actual wedding, apparently, too. Oh, okay. Trying to get it done. Because, yeah, I ended up having to get my hip surgery like during that two year span, one of the problems was that hip surgery and yeah, my insurance was dropping me like usual at the end of the year. And I already had a surgery date for January 9th. And anyone who's familiar in the insurance game is it takes two weeks to get any surgery approved. And then it also, you can't join. They only join you like at the end of the, I was having to figure this out at the end of the year. So everyone's like, we'll deal with it like once the new year starts then we can try to get your surgery approved and i was like that's not going to work for me because i won't get it approved in time and the surgeon is booked off the wait another two or three months 
to get surgery and start my stupid recovery fucking process when I've already been hurt for a year at this point. And so not, not willing to do that. And Liz was getting really good insurance through her work. So we figured out that if we got married, then I could be on her insurance. And so we just went to the courthouse and did that and like went to our, our little, we got this spot in Portland, a hotel, I don't want to give away its name because it doesn't need to be any more blown out. Uh-huh. People already know what I'm talking about. It's got, it's got uh, you know, the old soaking pool and fucking right. lots of fun shit to do around. It's a nice place. And we've been going on little date nights there for 10 years or so. And so went there and had a ordained minister come out, a couple witnesses. And oh, cool. Just did it there. But we were planning on actually having a, so my parents haven't experienced a wedding for their kids yet, so I feel a little obligated to yeah, kind of do it for the family. But we'll see. Uh, two years later, it's getting a little late. Maybe we'll do it at like the five-year anniversary or something. <laughs> well, fuck with the coronavirus. Who knows? It's kind of crazy. How many pets you got up there? Dude, just two. Just- oh. Two dogs. I mean, it's the double-edged sword, man. If you want to travel, it's hard to have a lot of pets. Did you used to have like chickens yeah, or something? I, my 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 family has had chickens for most of my life, but they recently decided they couldn't take the heartbreak anymore, man. Like anyone out there who has chickens understands that no matter how good you are to them, if you live somewhere where there's predators. There's nothing goddamn tastier than a fucking chicken, man. And yeah. they'll do anything to get to it. And my parents have always been great with the chickens, and they've still like. And the another, it sucks too because once a raccoon or something gets in there and takes one, it freaks them all out, and they stop oh, laying yeah. eggs. And like, shit gets dramatic. And then when you get the fucking, you get your little chicklets. You can't, they're so hard to sex. Like, not even experts can sex them 100% guaranteed. So, like, and it's illegal to have a rooster. So, what would happen, like, you get a fucking group of little babies and you get attached to them. And then it turns out one of them's a rooster and you're supposed to fucking give it a. I remember just being a kid and being like, God. Please don't like, we'd always not, we didn't want them to start because once they start crowing, that's when they'd give it away for sure. And you'd have to like do something about it. And I believe like, I mean, I think my mom would usually find like non kill places to take the roosters to, but it's definitely tough. Like, I mean, most of the times, yeah, you get the rooster, it just goes to Fuck. water. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they decided to, after the last group of my mom was in England and my dad stayed home and he wasn't quite as adapted to the schedule of making sure the chickens are locked in at night, but he was, he's good. And I know it bothered him a lot that he forgot to close them in one night and all it takes is one night and they got dusted. And then my parents were like, let's just not deal with this heartache anymore. Over it. Yeah. That's fucking heavy. Damn. Yeah. We were, me and we were just talking about getting chickens here at this house the other day and I was like, I don't know. We have a lot of ra- we have a lot of raccoons in the house. I don't know if I'm skilled enough. I'm actually I know that I'm not a skilled enough builder to keep them out. Probably. Right. I think he could be shoddy at best. 
Hammock, you said to ask you how many times your car's been stolen. Three. Three <laughs> times. And they killed it the last time, man. The same my, car? On my driveway every time. Yeah. Honda Civic. Where they take it for a joyride? And then you find it? First two times, that was pretty much what it was. The first time, it was definitely a group of kids or something. Because, like, one... And the first two times as well, like, it was amateurs for sure. Because they really fucked up the steering column by trying... Their hot wiring was... Not hot. They were like doing something. I don't know, jamming it with the screwdriver or something. Yeah, they fucked it all up, and they fucked. They fucked up both my door locks because the first door they tried, they couldn't get in, so they went to the other door and fucked that up. Yeah, it's it's really really annoying. I fucking can't believe it. it I'd walk out of my house ready to go do something and be like, oh my <laughs> god, the car's fucking gone again. Like. And the you got to get one of those steering wheel locks. I had one. <laughs> The second to last time it got stolen, um, it was gone for three months, and they oh, found it. I kid you not. It was literally parked across the street from the Multnomah County Sheriff's Department. And they didn't even find Like, they were supposed to be looking for my car. And when they called me to tell me they'd found it three months later, it wasn't because they'd found Like, it got <laughs> reported as, like, um, an abandoned vehicle by somebody else. Like, that's how they even ended And it was... Spray painted flat black with the creature with fucking burning skull and spiders on it, like the creature du- rally car logos. Like it was so, it should have it was stuck out like a sore thumb. And these, yeah. so these guys definitely not looking for it. And the lady was definitely embarrassed to tell me where it was because she didn't want it. The easiest way to describe where it was would be, hey, look up Multnomah County Sheriff's Department. Yeah, it's across the street. She was trying to give me all this run around, like. You know where that old Target used to be? Because there wasn't actually any other, like, buildings, like, around. She's like, you go there and you go, right? Like, there wasn't anything else around there, really, to, like, talk about. Right. When I got there, I was like, motherfuckers. It's, like, whoever stole it literally did that as, like, a, like, a fuck you to the, like, a a little fucking. Or maybe they're trying to be nice to me and be like, maybe he'll get his car back sooner if we park it by the fucking police station. Dude. And it had been there the whole time, because... Like for three months. Are, are other cars in your neighborhood getting stolen? Yeah. I'm oh, sure okay. Portland's got a horrible fucking car theft problem. Like when oh. my car is not getting stolen, it's getting broken into for. Oh, okay. I've paid so many goddamn $500 insurance deductibles. Like, fuck. I hate that shit. My car used to get broken into and nothing would get stolen. There's nothing in it. They would just break the window and like it'd be like, God damn it. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think there's, like, a few months ago or more, like, half a year, I went kayaking, came back, somebody had broken all the windows in my lady's Subaru for, except one, and they didn't steal any, like, there was stuff in there to steal, too, kind of, not, like, great stuff, but I think there was, like, camera what, but I remember being like, damn, why didn't they take this? They didn't take anything that I could find, and they, like, bled all over the place. (laughs) Oh, God. And then, like... That car got taken to the shop. Uh, the day, my friend hits me up randomly at 6.30 in the morning. He lives in Austin, Texas. And he's like, yo, can you drive a fucking car? Can you get in a car and drive to Austin, Texas? Like, my company will pay you $200 a day. We need, the, like, a lady left this vehicle in Portland, like this brand new Denali, and they need it back in Austin, Texas. And I was like, yeah, I'm down to do this. I want to come see you. Like, let's party. And 
when someone else came to pick me up and give me the keys and take me to the vehicle, but it had gotten broken into. And it was a Bose headphone. No. Like they had like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of Bose headphones <laughs> in the back. And they broke the window and didn't take anything. Oh, weird. So we had to drive it to a shop and leave it. And the guy's like, so where do you want me to take you? You want me to take you back home? And I'm like, no, actually, you have to take me to this other mechanic because our car's in the shop for getting its windows broken. Like, And he's like, what the fuck's wrong with this city, man? And I'm like, Jesus. Bad. Oh, the, my. The, like, they used to have a whole task force for trying to recover vehicles, and now they just <laughs> abandoned it because they couldn't keep up with it. <laughs> That's why I've been just skating them. Well, uh, fuck, dude. Um, I think I've taken plenty of your time. Uh I really appreciate you. I love you. Miss you guys. I haven't seen you in a long time. The the hospitality you showed last time I was up there was so sick. You guys still have all those uh, inner tubes and stuff for the river and shit? Oh, yeah. We've got kayaks now. That was a good day. Me, you, Bryce, Ortiz. Uh, fuck, I forget who else, but I think Krolik. Yeah, it was fun. Got shoulder surgery the next day. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that is right. Dude, I've floated that river. I've done that same lot. Like, I did that the day before I got hip surgery as well. Wow. It's a nice fucking ride. It's just like a mellow. It's a good one. Yeah, but if, if you do it in the kayak, you get to go. And you do it, do it in the winter in the kayak is actually the best time to do it. Cause White water? You know that run that we did that takes like six hours yeah you get that whole thing done in like 40 minutes oh really and then like you do another two miles into the columbia and then you take the columbia like another two miles down and get picked up from this other park it's, it's my run well if this thing ever changes um my goal was to come up there this summer and hang out with you willis joe brooke and uh get some shit going Dude, you definitely should, man. We we definitely need to get some more times in the bank, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you got a good song to fucking take it to the road with? Ooh. Um, I mean, lately I just can't get enough of Outdoor Plan by Hank 3. Well, thanks for the time, dude. I'm fucking really proud of you for uh, hooking up the Zoom. And uh, good to see your face. And hopefully I'll see you in person sooner than later. Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I love you too. All right. Cheers, bro. Later, brother. Later. How do I end this shit? From the mountains of Tennessee to those Minnesota lakes, I hunt and I fish if I need to get away. If you're finding faults with me, moaning more than I can stand. I tell you what, for a little while, I'll go see the outdoor plan. Cause I'll fish when I get hungry. Shoot my guns if I need love. If I wanna breathe a bit better, I'll hit that mountain up above. I'll go hunting in the morning once again in the evening time. And if I start missing you, I can hit them city lights. Down, 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 down
neighbors building their dams in the rough. Those deers always roaming across the land. And if you're lucky, you might even see a big bear track in the sand. inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, 
beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at talkingschmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.